Welcome to 7-Minute Torah. I'm Rabbi Micah Streifer. In this podcast, we explore the weekly Torah portion in about 7 to 10 minutes. We make modern meaning out of ancient texts, exploring them through liberal Jewish eyes. Sometimes it's just me, and other weeks I'm in conversation with another rabbi or a Jewish thought leader. So there's an old joke that says that every Jewish holiday can be summed up in only three sentences. They tried to kill us. We survived. Let's eat. Now, I know all the ways that's not true. Not every holiday is about adversity. Not every holiday has food. I'm aware of the irony of telling that joke this particular week of Yom Kippur. In fact, I'm recording this only a few hours before Yom Kippur begins. And so, of course, there is no let's eat right now. And yet, there's some kind of truth to this idea that... Many Jewish holidays are based around adversity, are based around hard things that happened in Jewish history that we overcame. That's what Pesach is when we celebrate the Exodus. It certainly is the story of Hanukkah and Purim as well. And so when we look at Jewish history, one of the things we can notice is that it has often been the story of adversity and survival, and of learning from that survival and moving forward and growing as a people. This week's parsha, which is called Ha'azinu, really tells a similar story. Ha'azinu is chapter 32 of Deuteronomy. For the second week in a row, we have a one-chapter parsha, and Ha'azinu consists almost entirely of a poem or a song. By the way, the Hebrew word for poem and song, at least biblically speaking, is the same. So we have here a poem or a song that is put into the mouth of Moses as his, not his final message, but his second to final, his penultimate message to the Jewish people. In next week's parasha, Moses will die. This week, he has some important things to impart to us. It's hard to really grasp the content and the power of Hazinu without just sitting down and reading Deuteronomy chapter 32. So I encourage you to do that because it really is hard to summarize this Parsha. But I'll try in a few sentences to tell you what is going on here. I like to think of Hazinu as a kind of a spiritual history of the Israelites. That is to say, this isn't a history where it goes through and tells every event that's happened so far. Moses is not retelling the exodus from Egypt. He's not retelling the many events of the wandering in the desert. What he's doing instead is telling kind of a history or a story of the people's relationship with God. And that story, in only a few sentences, goes like this. God created the world. God adopted Israel as God's own people. God took care of us, and then we rebelled. We worshipped other gods, we rejected God, and God thought about destroying us, but ultimately decided not to. God punished us for sure. There was exile, there was suffering, there were bad things. But in the end, God vindicates the people and takes vengeance on their enemies. Therefore, let's praise God. That's pretty much my 30-second summary of Ha'azinu, but like I said, it's worth a read. Now, I want to say a couple things about this parsha. First of all, there's a lot in here that's deeply uncomfortable to me as a liberal Jew and as a modern person. 
We have here the language of vengeance. For example, verse 41, Ashiv nakam sari, Vengeance will I wreak on my foes, says God. Vengeance will I deal out to those who reject me. We also have some very harsh language regarding the behavior of the Israelites and God's response to it. So in verse 15, it says, Yeshurun, which is another word for Israel, grew fat and kicked and forsook the God who made you. So the Israelites are being described here as a kind of a rebellious, spoiled child. And the message from God via Moses is, I thought about destroying you. Maybe I should have. But I'm going to stick with you anyway. And as much as I find that challenging, there's also an element of it that is kind of comforting. And that's the element that says that the relationship with God is not conditional. It's not conditional on you being perfect. It's not conditional on you following all the laws perfectly. You can be rebellious. You can make mistakes. You can mess things up. And this covenant is still intact. I think maybe that's the message that Moses is trying to convey to the people as they cross over the Jordan River, as they begin their new life in the land of Israel without him. He wants them to know that this is a long-term relationship they've entered into with God, that they're not going to be perfect. They're going to screw up royally sometimes, so to speak, and that the covenant will not end because of it that there will always be the opportunity for tikkun, for repair. And as we sit here at the High Holy Days, either right before or right after or even during Yom Kippur, depending on when you're listening to this, I think that's a really powerful message. We're not perfect. We screw up. We hurt people. We rebel. We reject. We betray. We have this incredible human capacity to do harm to others through our own actions. And yet, there's goodness inside of all of us, and there's always the opportunity to learn and to grow from what we do and to come out of it on the other side as better versions of ourselves. That's exactly what the High Holy Days are about. That's, in a sense, exactly the work of our lives, to try to grow into the best version or a better version of yourself. And we don't have to look a whole lot further than Jewish history to see evidence of this. We Jews throughout our history have faced a lot of hard times. Sometimes we've brought them upon ourselves. Sometimes they've been thrust on us by the outside world. But every time we have faced adversity, we have actually learned from it and come through it a little stronger than before. I'm paraphrasing a rabbi who was a Holocaust survivor by the name of Ignaz Maybaum here. Maybaum points out that the first time the temple was destroyed, we reformulated Judaism. We turned it from an agricultural, provincial way of life into a religion of Torah and ethics. The second time, 500 years later, that the temple was destroyed, that we were exiled from our land, we created the Talmud. We created this incredible tradition of interpretation and mitzvah and practice that remains the core of Judaism today. When the Jews were expelled from Spain, they built the Kabbalah, they built Jewish mysticism into something that they could carry with them and that could carry them forward in these hard times. Our response to adversity as Jews has almost always been to learn and grow, to be creative, and try to come out stronger than before. 
Which is, of course, why we make that joke. Somebody tried to kill us. We survived. Let's eat. What we're celebrating on all of these holidays is the fact that even though we live in this imperfect world where we hurt others and others hurt us, we have the capacity to keep growing and keep getting stronger from it. So I think that's what Hazinu has at its core. If you peel away some of the really challenging language of vengeance and rebellion, what you're left with is a message that says, things will get hard. Sometimes you'll hurt others. Sometimes others will hurt you. But this covenant, this relationship still remains. Our task is to walk through the world trying to learn from it, not to expect ourselves or the world to be perfect or to be easy, but to know that we can grow from those imperfections and that the task of building your best life actually takes your whole life. So, Gemar Chachimah Tovah, may you be written for goodness in the new year, and Chag Sameach as we enter into the holiday of Sukkot, and I'll see you back next week as we complete this year's cycle of reading and studying Torah. Thanks for listening to 7-Minute Torah. If you enjoy this program, please leave a review on your podcast app, and please consider becoming a sponsor at patreon.com slash 7-Minute Torah. You can also join us in our Facebook group, 7-Minute Torah Listen and Discuss.